Welcome to the Connect Church Podcast. Our mission is to connect the disconnected to a growing relationship with God. You can connect with God, and we can help. You know, we've been in this Living Well series for quite a while now, and we've been in it because we, we truly want to live well. Like We want to live a life that we're proud of, a life that ultimately honors God. And we're going to be wrapping up this series here in a couple weeks. We're going to kick off a new series come Easter, but there's a couple more things we got to talk about because life still can feel like a whirlwind. We've talked about how uh, there's a wise way to live when it comes to the way we should go, the character we should have who we should have a romantic relationship with, parenting, money management, a whole bunch of things. But there are a couple areas of life still left to discuss that Proverbs has a lot to say about. And that's what we've been doing. We've been looking to the book of Proverbs throughout this series to see the wise way we should live. Because if we live as as God's word maps the way, we're going to find ourselves in the end having lived a life that we are proud of, a life that does honor God, a life that's good for those around us. And the the thing we're going to talk about today is this, wise friends. Because whether we're 5, 35, 75, we all want good friends. It doesn't matter if we're single or we're married, we want deep friendships meaningful, life-giving friendships. And as we've seen with these other areas of life, God's word maps the way. And his wisdom is our compass when it comes to friendships. So how, what should we look for in a friend? I mean, I don't need to convince you that like you want good friends. We all want good friends, but what should we look for in a good friend, a wise friend? And then how can we be good friends to others? These are the questions we're going to answer today, and to do so, I'd invite you to open with me to Proverbs chapter 18. We're going to start in verse 24. You can also follow along in our free church app, which you can download real easily through your app store. Just search Connect Church Community. If you click on message notes in the app, if you've never done it before, you can follow along in all the scriptures, not just the first one, but all the scriptures that we're going to look at today, as well as take notes there. So what we're going to be reminded of at the outset, is that our friendships matter. Like, who we're friends with matters. Matters a lot. And then we're going to see what we should look for in a friend and then wrap up with how can we be good friends to the people in our lives. All right, but before we do any of that, would you bow your heads, let's pray, and let's ask to hear from God now. Lord, we come before you, and we are expectant to hear from you. Thank you for creating us for relationship. Would you show us how we can live that out well? in our friendships. Would you teach us to be wise friends, to choose our friends wisely, and in so doing, uh, would you help us to live lives that honor you? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Proverbs 18.24 says this, One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Our friends matter because who we hang out with will really shape who we become. And this is why our parents wouldn't let us go hang out with the cool kids at the party when we were in high school. Now, how did you respond in that moment? Personally, 
I'm a rule follower. Some would say to a fault, I'm a rule follower. Okay, so though I wanted to go hang out with the cool kids, I'll be honest with you, I just complied with my parents' instructions. But maybe you had a little more guts, a little more gusto. You went for it. Maybe you snuck out, or maybe it was when you got to college and you said, I'm going to seize the independence, I'm going to go hang out with that crowd. Only to realize nothing in life that we're ever proud of happens when we're drunk or we're high. But this passage, it's not just talking about our party friends. It's, unreliable friends can come in all shapes and sizes. Say you've been dating a guy and things are getting kind of serious and he invites you to move in with him. So you go to your friend for counsel. And you're talking with your girlfriend and she's telling you, you know, you should just do it. She's just affirming what you want to do. So you go ahead, you move in with him. And then it, it goes south and now you're left to pick up the pieces. Or maybe it's you're hanging out with a bunch of guys. You're around the fire, you're telling jokes, sharing stories, and then when you drive home that night, you feel it in your gut. You know that those laughs were at the expense of your wife. Or maybe you go to the mountains every weekend with your friends, and the stories are great, the Instagram posts are great, all of it is great, except you just feel further from God than you once did when you would gather like this for worship. We assume that now that we're older, we're so mature that we're not influenced by our friends. So what we do is we make this mistake of not being very intentional about who we hang out with. But the reality is we become who we hang out with. Or as Proverbs 18.24 begins, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. If you don't like who you're becoming, today is an invitation to pause and consider with whom are you hanging? Because the hope of Proverbs 18.24 is this, there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. We don't have to hang out with unreliable friends that lead us to ruin. We can experience deep, meaningful, life-giving friendships. We can experience friendships that are even closer than family. But how? Well, Proverbs highlights a few different things that we should look for in a good friend, a wise friend. Three qualities in particular stand out, and the first is this. A good friend is wise. Proverbs 13.20 reveals this. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. We become who we hang out with. Now, if I were to state the implicit thread that's been through this whole Living Well series, if I were to state that explicitly, I would say this. To live well, live wisely. We want to live well, so we should live wisely. Now, the good news is that if we hang out with people who are wise, we're going we're gonna to become wise. So who are these people? Who are wise people? Proverbs 9.10 very clearly states, here's what a wise person is. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. According to this verse, those who know God and revere God, worship God, they're the wise ones. This means that 
Uh, it's not how old someone is, the life experience they have, though those things can be helpful. When it comes to true wisdom, biblical wisdom, it comes down to, does the person know God? Do they revere God? Now, if this is the case, and, and we want to be a, a wise person ourselves, we've got to surround ourselves with wise friends. If we were to connect all these dots, okay, you know, we want to live well, so we've got to live wisely. The wise one is someone who knows and, and fears God. Then if we were to connect all that, it's like, where should we hang out? Church seems like a pretty good place to hang out. And not just like gathering like this for worship, though it's good, but like actually building friendships with one another. Then again, I, I could be biased. Either way, wisdom is knowledge applied. So when you're looking for a good friend, look for someone who's doing what they tell you to do, not just telling you to do something and then doing the opposite. A friendship that I've formed over the last several years has been with a guy named Mac. Mac actually did a training for a staff that I was a part of at a church in Maine, and he came in and he shared his story about how he was making disciples and he was developing leaders, he was coaching church planners, just helping us get to know him. But as I was listening to him, I was thinking, man, it sounds like Mac is like living the life that I hope I live one day. So after the training, I went up to Mac and I said, hey Mac, will you mentor me? And he just looked at me and said, no. How's that for an inspiring sermon illustration? What I did in that moment is I was like, okay, like I get it. But I, I was like, I'm just going to try to soak my, myself in his world, his space. Read his books, listen to his webinars, etc. So I'm just like trying to absorb his wisdom as I, as I perceived it. And then after I got to know him through some of those, those avenues, I go up to Mac again in another training. I say, hey Mac, I know you couldn't a year ago but would you be willing to mentor me now? He said, yes. Now that kick-started uh, some Zoom calls, about a monthly Zoom call for a couple of years where I would come to him with a list of questions and he would share his life, his experience, what he's learned from scripture. Now, it started as a very formal mentorship, but what was so fun is that over time, I got to work with Mac on some things and when he was in town, we'd grab coffee, grab lunch, and now, I would consider Mac a good friend. And the cool thing about the time I spend with Mac is this. It's not that I want to be him one day. God's called me to be me, and him to be him, and you to be you. But when I spend time with Mac, I find myself becoming more and more like Jesus. And I want friends like that. A good friend is wise, and a good friend sharpens you. Proverbs 27, 17 famously says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. A good friend makes you better. Like when, when you leave your time with them, you should be better and they should be better. I think of a new friend that I'm, uh, a friendship I'm building with a guy named Corbin. I actually met Corbin through Mac. And unlike Mac, Corbin actually lives here in the state. He's planted a church in Denver and he has girls, same age as our girls, at least our older two. And when I get time with Corbin, I, uh, I find that 
we, we talk about life, we talk about ministry, what's going well, what's hard. But when we leave that lunch, we aren't just like filled with food, we're filled with encouragement. I feel like I can take on whatever's in front of me because of the encouraging time that we had together. Who is that for you? Is it someone at work or someone at the park? Is it a friend from a past season of life? For, for many of you, it's probably somebody in your community group. Zach shared about the impact groups been on, had on him earlier. You know, for Amanda and I, our life feels kind of crazy right now with three little kids, and we're running around trying to keep up with them throughout the week. But man, come Sunday at 4 p.m., we can exhale because we get to enjoy some time with friends at community group. It's a blast. It's refreshing. It gives us the energy to go do another week. A good friend sharpens you, and in their sharpening, they're going to make you more and more like Jesus. And then the third thing, a good friend gives you godly advice. Listen to what a, a couple Proverbs have to say about this, starting in Proverbs eleven fourteen, For lack of guidance... A nation falls, but victory is won through many advisors. You jump over to Proverbs 15. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. And finally, in Proverbs 19.20, listen to advice and accept discipline. And at the end, you will be counted among the wise. What we learn from these Proverbs is that advice is critical to breakthrough. But hearing advice, receiving advice is hard. And the only thing harder than receiving it is finding a friend who will give it. Because who wants to give hard advice? The temptation is to tell people, especially people we want to like us, what they want to hear, which is what makes finding a good friend so challenging. Because a good friend will tell us what we need to hear, even when we don't want to hear it. I think of an experience I had this past fall with Tyler and Jake. Many of you know Tyler and Jake. And they came, they came to me on one Wednesday morning and they said, Hey, we want to talk to you about something I could tell. I'm about to receive some constructive feedback. And I like, try to relax and receive it, though I'm like, this is going to be hard. And what I, what I came to fa- find from that discussion is I'm weird. Like, It's the weirdest thing. I have this drive. Some of you have experienced that from me. I have this drive, and it makes me successful in some areas of life. But what it also does is it hamstrings me in other areas. And Tyler and Jake brought this before me. And when I left that conversation, I was discouraged. I was discouraged a little bit about my personality. I was discouraged about those things. But even more than the discouragement, I left encouraged. Because I knew in that moment, I have two friends who love me enough to tell me what I need to hear, even when I don't want to hear it. You see, I might be a mess, but I'm not alone. I have friends around me who love me and are pointing me to Jesus. And I know you don't want to receive hard advice either, but it's good when it comes from a good friend. So when you're looking for a good friend, look for things like someone who's wise, someone who sharpens you, Someone who's going to give you godly advice. But how can we be good friends to others? That's what we can look for when we're looking for a friend, but, but we're supposed to be good friends too. We should be wise friends. So here's what it looks like. It starts with knowing and following God. 
Uh, we want wise friends. We should be a wise friend. Again, this is how Proverbs helps us understand wisdom. Proverbs 9.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Wisdom starts with fearing God, knowing Him, revering Him, worshiping Him. And wisdom is knowledge applied. So this knowledge of God, when it comes to that, it should express itself as following God. Like, what we know about Him changes how we live. And the cool thing is that when we are wise, what's true of our friends' impact on us, we can have that impact on others. Proverbs 13.20 again says, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. How cool would it be if when someone spends time with you, they walk away wiser because of the time spent? How cool would it be that, it, that when they leave the coffee, they are a little bit more like Jesus because of how you loved them, loved them like Jesus in the moment? So it starts for us. When it comes to being a good friend, you've got to know and you've got to follow God. And, and two, sharpen others. Again, Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. One of the best things that we could do when it comes to sharpening others is take a page from Jesus' book. Now, even those who don't follow Jesus, they will hold Jesus up as a great teacher, a wise teacher, a moral teacher. But did you know that while Jesus was asked hundreds of questions from people while he walked the earth, he, the Gospels only record three that Jesus answered directly. The rest he responded to with a question. Why would Jesus do that? Here, here is the wisest person to ever walk the earth. The greatest teacher of anyone. He should be the one who can just dispense knowledge. And yet what Jesus chose to do was ask a question. I think it's because he knew something about us. He knew that we own something. We, we internalize it more when we discover it for ourselves than when we're told the information. So Jesus asked questions. And if you want to be a great friend, someone who sharpens the, those around you, ask great questions. I think of Alex Goldstein. He's one of the best question askers I know. Seriously, you are. And if you know Alex, you know he's not, he, he is sharp, he's smart, he has plenty of insight that he can share. But even more so, Alex is a curious person, which makes him a great friend. Because when you spend time with him, you learn things about yourself. You learn things about others as he's facilitating a discussion at a community group. Be a good friend. Be like Jesus. Ask thoughtful questions. Draw out the best in people. Help them learn and grow. But don't stop there. Three, give godly advice. Uh, just as godly advice helps us succeed, we should be friends who help our friends succeed. And at times, that means giving godly advice. Ephesians 4.15 says this. Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, and he instructed the following. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. A key component of our discipleship to Jesus is speaking the truth in love to one another. Often this isn't fun, 
and it it's, can be hard to hear. But when I speak the truth in love to you, and you speak the truth in love to me, and you do the same with your friends, what happens is we as a church grow. We mature as each one of us grows to be a little bit more like Jesus. So our friendships, they form us, and they should transform us to become more like Jesus. This year, as a church, we are laser-focused on loving the one, the person right in front of us, as God through Jesus has loved us. And listen to what Jesus has to say about being a loving friend. This is John 15. Right before Jesus goes to the cross, he's sitting around the table with his closest friends, and here's what he has to say to them. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Love should characterize our relationships, which means love should characterize our friendships. And we're not talking like mushy, gushy, conditional love. No, no. Jesus calls us to sacrificial love. Lay your life down for others kind of love. And the only reason we know how to love like this, the only reason we have the ability to love like this, is because Jesus went first. You see, while we might have friends, and I hope you have friends, as we you know, live here on earth, we will have no friend like we can have a friend in Jesus. He is the best of best friends. And he went first. He laid his life down for us. Sin is essentially turning our back on him. It's like we're giving him the cold shoulder. And when we did that, that's when he laid his life down so that we could have a relationship with him, a friendship with him. So love like Jesus in your friendships. Love sacrificially. Lay your life down to lift your friends up. May they be better people because they're friends with you. You you can't spend much time with us as a church before realizing we really believe in the power of relationships. Ultimately, we want you to have a relationship with God. Jesus makes it possible. That's why our services like this are all about Jesus and helping you connect with him. We also want you to connect with others, though. To have deep, meaningful relationships, friendships. Perfectly lifelong friendships. But we can't make friends for you. We could try as hard as we want. We can't make friends for you. So what we've done is we've just made a context. We call them community groups. Where you can get together with others who are curious about Jesus, who are growing in a relationship with him. Doesn't matter where you're at in your faith journey, you are welcome in a group. You can even belong in a group before you even believe what we believe. Because we want you to experience community. And here's what we found. I'm just going to tell you on the outset. We have found 
that when people connect like that in community and they talk about God's word and they live life alongside one another, we find ourselves growing in our relationships with Jesus as well. So if you're feeling disconnected, if you're feeling a little lonely, if you're feeling like I should probably bring a little extra intention to my friendships, I would invite you to join a group. It is the best way that we know how to come together and experience life with others, to grow in our faith and our friendships. We believe that everyone deserves to know who they can call on their best day and on their worst day. So don't live disconnected when you can live connected. Whether it's in a community group or through another avenue, the principle for all of us is this. Form friendships that form you to be like Christ. Let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you for, for the relationship, the friendship that we have with you because you laid your life down for us. Thank you that we can know you Thank you that we can help others know you. And would you help us to be great friends who sacrificially love, who make those in our life better, ultimately because we're pointing them to you. We ask this in your name.